Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SAC Office of Career Development's podcast, After Class. I'm Catherine Cambria. Today, I will be speaking with someone who has a lot of insight about jobs, internships, interviews, and career-worthy resources. She is also SAC's very own Director of Career Development. Joining me here is Ms. Maureen Mulhern. Ms. Mulhern, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for being here virtually. (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. I appreciate that you do this podcast. Thank you. And I appreciate that you gave me the opportunity to continue it. Absolutely. I know as the director of career development, you must receive a lot of questions from students. What's a question that you seem to get all the time? Um, Typically, students will reach out to me asking um, how to find a job or an internship. So uh, they'll schedule an appointment with me, and um, that's kind of where the conversation starts. But before we can talk about where to find a job or an internship, I first want to understand what the student is looking to do. So if it's an internship, what's your goal? What career do you kind of want to try out and test the waters in? And Once we establish that, then the next step is to ensure that the student is prepared to start applying for internships. So I'll talk a little bit about resumes. If they don't have one, we'll go through that. Um, And then I often will refer them to LinkedIn as a next step after their resume because it's almost like their online resume. So I'll also suggest that they create a LinkedIn profile. And then we start getting back to, okay, these are the steps you need to take before you can actually look for your internship or job. And once you have that done, then this is where you're going to look. And I typically refer them to our Spartan job system, which is our online job and internship board. And that's where they're going to find internship opportunities. Often local opportunities are there. I like that to be their first step because there's less competition there because we only stack students and alumni have access to that board. And we often have alumni who will post there because they want to offer their opportunities to our students. And we also have local employers who have had a lot of success hiring stack students as interns or even bringing them on board as a full-time position, and they want more stack students. So thank you to those students because they've established a great reputation for stack and they've kind of laid the groundwork for us to get more opportunities. And in addition to that question, I feel like there's a piece of advice that you give to students a lot and that they have to meet with you. And obviously now that's different because it's virtual, but that always resonated with me that you said that you have to meet with students so that way you can recommend them for opportunities if you meet a recruiter or if you meet a potential employer. Yes, I I often say that I'm fortunate enough to be able to get in front of the freshmen when they first come into Stack. And that's one of the things, the messages I send to them is to get to know me because the better I know them, the better I can help them. So I always want, I mean, the nice thing about Stack is we're so small. I often do know the students by name. And it's those students who are coming to my programs meeting with me, taking advantage of all the services we offer. Those are the students that resonate in my mind, and I see them as students who are serious about their career. Obviously, those are the students that I want to refer 
for an opportunity and can refer because I know that they're really thinking seriously about their career and moving forward. And obviously those are the ones who are gonna do best in the different opportunities out there. In this COVID-19 world, what can students do now to add to their resumes? So it's funny because when COVID hit, I was frantically joining webinars and online listening to hear what are recruiters thinking, what's going on, are people even doing internships anymore? And one of the messages that I heard a few employers say was that when this all passes by, and in a sense, it, it's still happening, but we have, people are getting jobs and people are getting internships. So in that respect, when it, a student or a candidate goes on an interview, the employers are asking, what did you do with your time during COVID? Especially during that lockdown period, when this all first started and we all kind of were stuck inside, they want to understand what did you do with your time during that period? And their thought is, you know, of course, there are going to people be people who were sick with COVID and really couldn't do much. But if you were one of those people who was fortunate enough not to go through that, were you maybe getting creative and writing a blog? Or did you design a website? Or did you somehow, there were volunteer opportunities at that time, even though it was difficult. I know that there were organizations looking for help. They were trying to be very protected and reserved. So did you participate in some of those community service opportunities? Did you maybe start writing a book? What did you do? Maybe you did an online internship. What did you do? Did you get a part-time job? I know my son scrambled and he started working for Instacart where they were delivering the food to people's houses. So instead of sitting around the house, he was trying to find something to do. So employers want to see that. They want to know that you took advantage of that time. And it might even be that you were helping a sick family member. But they want to just understand what were you doing during that time. And what's interesting about that is I feel like a lot of times with resumes, students may assume that the only things that have value are jobs and internships. But there are so many components that have value. And you described like volunteering and helping others in depth. Definitely. Employers want to see a well-rounded candidate. So, you know, I had read an article where they surveyed employers and said, would you prefer the student who had a top GPA but really didn't do anything else? Or the student who had maybe even a lesser of a GPA, but they were very involved. They were the leaders on campus. Um, they did community service and volunteer work. Maybe they participated in competitions. They've done more than just go to class. Those, the large majority of employers preferred the student who was well-rounded and involved over the student who just had great grades and did nothing else. So it is important to get involved no matter what, just to show you're doing something, pursuing, because you're gaining skills in anything you do. Even if it's community service, you might be gaining skills in teamwork or skills in multitasking. It all depends on what the role is, but, and that's going to give a lot of flavor to an interview. And you've mentioned to me the importance of transferable skills. Would you want to talk about what transferable skills are? Yep, transferable skills are skills that, in a sense, you can transfer to any job. So 
those are your interpersonal skills, communication, leadership, teamwork, multitasking, problem solving, any of these skills that you could do, for example, you could work in a pizzeria and maybe you really have honed in on your multitasking skills because you're cooking the pizza, you're taking the orders, you're you know checking on the customer, you're gaining customer service skills. All these skills can be transferred to a role in many different types of organizations and positions. So the employers are essentially trying to, when they interview you, they often are looking to pull out what are those skills that you've developed in any job or role in a club or through a class project. What transferable skills do you have? And they want to understand specifically what you did with those skills. How? Give us an example of how you demonstrated that skill and the strength of that skill. And you described Spartan Jobs earlier in the interview. Um, if you wanted to describe Spartan Jobs more in depth, as well as any additional resources available to students within and outside of Stack to help them find jobs and internships. Wait, I'm sorry, can you say it one more time? The sure, so what resources are available to students within and outside of Stack to help them find jobs and internships? And I know you mentioned Spartan Jobs. Yep. Um, I often, the next service I would recommend or the next um, application I would recommend they get on is LinkedIn. Um, I have, interestingly enough, I often pick the brains of recruiters when I have the chance to speak to them one-on-one. -on -one. And a few recruiters have said directly to me, so I can imagine there's way more out there than, than these ones, um, that if they didn't see a LinkedIn profile for a student, that they would use that as a way to rule the candidate out. They would, it would be like a red flag to them. In fact, I just was talking to a recruiter at MSG who said that. Um, so LinkedIn is really important to have your profile established. Recruiters use that to find candidates. So a recruiter might find you before you apply for an opportunity. But then um, there's also a tab there where you can seek out jobs and internships. And much like probably many of the different software out there, um, you would stipulate that you want to find an internship. So you, you can just in your search find internships. You can stipulate the distance from your zip code. Uh, you can put in your keyword. So it's to me, I love LinkedIn. I feel like it's very easy to navigate. But I also, uh, and I, I know I'm saying a lot here about LinkedIn, but you can use it to network. And 78% of job leads come through your network. So it's a great tool for you to reach out to somebody. You can easily, if you find an, um, an opportunity that you're interested in, you can actually see, is there anyone from your college working there or are there any of your direct connections working there? And that's an easy way to reach out to somebody that you have a link to in that company that maybe could help you understand not only what they think about working in that company, but maybe they happen to know somebody in the department you're applying to that either they can put you in touch with or share more information with, or if you have a close enough connection, maybe they'd say, hey, send me your resume, I'll walk it over to John Smith and HR. So there's so many things about LinkedIn that I really find to be helpful in the job and internship search. But you know, there's other things out there like Indeed, um, WayUp, 
we work with them to find opportunities. And Handshake is also one that I've heard quite a bit about lately. Which components of a LinkedIn profile stand out to potential employers? So the first thing when an employer is looking at profiles, the first thing they're going to see under your name is what's called your headline. And that's your chance to brand yourself. So if you are a current communications major, you're not quite sure what you want to do in communications, then you might just put a communication major at St. Thomas Aquinas College as your brand at this point. If you are, let's say, a communication major who knows that they want to do social media um, marketing, then you might brand yourself in that headline as a, an aspiring social media marketer. So you can use that in a sense to let whoever looks at your profile know what you're looking to do or what you're about. So that's going to be the first thing that they see and kind of in a lot of times, in a lot of ways will determine whether they're going to continue to look at the rest of your profile. As they navigate down, a few things that I think are unique about a LinkedIn profile and that could really work towards your benefit is a recommendation if you have people write recommendations for you on your LinkedIn profile that might stand out to an employer because not a lot of people do that and that essentially is just quick few sentences of somebody saying wow Catherine has been wonderful in my organization she has worked on the podcast she has been on top of social media came up with new initiatives you know I would write maybe something like that on yours and when an employer sees it without even talking to me, now they kind of get a sense that, wow, somebody out there is really raving about Catherine and believes in her. So it may give them more confidence in you as a candidate. Another section that's important is the publication section. So for example, if you publish something, maybe you really like to write, you can put the URL uh, for that book or poem or whatever it is that you wrote up on your profile so a recruiter can easily see a sample of your work and you can do lots of things so if you're interested in broadcast and you've done some great broadcasts you might put that it's kind of like your online portfolio so you might put that link up as well so there's some things that can really make you stand apart from the pack on your LinkedIn profile I remember learning from you about the publications feature that not only can you put works that you wrote yourself that were published, but if anyone like ever interviewed you and like wrote about you in a publication that that could be used as well. And I never even considered that. Yeah. I mean, you, there's really a lot of room for creativity and how you're going to use this profile. And so, you know, as is the case in finding a job and internship, a lot of times, it's kind of about standing apart from the pack. You don't want to just do what everybody else is doing. If you have something unique, it's going to be a great thing to add to that profile to let the employer understand the depth of you. And putting up an interview, if someone interviews you, there's an interest in you for some reason. And if you feel that interview went really well, yeah, great. Put it up there, you know, on your LinkedIn profile. It's really just to, to give a sampling of you and your work or what you're really good at. Do you feel that Stack being a small school plays a part in the career networking process? I definitely do. I feel like because Stack is a small college, 
as I mentioned earlier, many of the administrators and faculty get to know our students on a case on a name by name first name basis. Sorry, and that can do a lot for you because if people can get to know you well enough that they know your first and last name, um, they're going to be more likely to think of you and possibly refer you for opportunities that they hear of. I always say to students that every connection is a good connection because even though the person that you get to know may not do anything that you're interested in, they may have a next door neighbor who does or a cousin or a friend. So every connection is a great connection and many of our faculty at the college have great connections out in the corporate world or in the world of education, whatever your interest is. Um, and that can do a lot for you because if they see you're a star student, you're one of those students who is always at class on time and doesn't skip class and gets the assignments done in time and does really well, they would probably be more inclined to want to refer you for an opportunity that they hear of because they want to help you. I mean, all the faculty and administrators at Stack, one of the things I can say about us is we all really care about the students and we all have that same goal, success for our students. So um, we are anxious to get to know everybody and that small environment allows for that and it also could open a lot of doors down the road the other thing that's great is we have alumni who really want to give back to our students and fellow alumni. Um, so by having a small school, when you are out in the world and somebody hears that you are a Stack student and they went Stack, a lot of times they're so excited and they want to help. So they, we have a lot of great connections. And if students are interested in connecting with one of our alumni, they should definitely be reaching out to Alumni Affairs. James Arico is there. He started, I think this year, with Stack, and he is an alumni, so he's got a lot of ties already to the alumni, and he works really hard to build ties with our alumni, so he certainly can try to help you connect with an alumni in your career field of interest, and my guess is they'd be more than happy to talk. And aren't there multiple opportunities for students to connect with alumni on LinkedIn and groups? Yes. So I have a career development group on LinkedIn, and I encourage all the students and alumni to join that group. I post a lot on there, but um, one of the benefits of that is students can see all the other members in my group. So if there are alumni in my group, they could potentially reach out to them. On LinkedIn, there's two levels. There's a premium where you pay for your membership and there is the free level. I am in the free level. I've never done the paid level. And this I always tell students is a great way to loophole having to be in the paid level because one of the benefits of premium is that you can, in a sense, email or message people who are not connected to you. So when you're in a group with someone, it doesn't matter that you're not connected, you have the opportunity to send a message to someone. So it's a very easy way to reach out to somebody out there in the world of LinkedIn without having to first gain a direct connection to them. The other group that's great is the alumni group on LinkedIn. 
that has a, a large number of alumni on it. And I often recommend students, even as they are still students, join that group because it's a great way, again, to go in, become a member, and be able to reach out to fellow members if there's somebody who's doing something you aspire to there that you see. Um, and I just, one final note, there is an alumni feature on the St. Thomas Aquinas College school page where you can click on that alumni feature and see all the alumni from Stack who are on LinkedIn. And that's also a great way to identify people who are doing what you'd like to do and maybe connect and have a conversation. And for anybody who has a question on that, they can always ask me. I'd be happy to go through it with them. And just as you've said earlier in the interview that um, you're willing to help students and that they can meet with you and that if they meet with you, then their name is like in your mind when you speak to recruiters and when you speak to employers. I feel like that relates to alumni as well. And that's one of the benefits of networking with alumni. Yeah, that's a I think the screen froze. <laughs> yes, you know what? My it actually disappeared for me for a second. I couldn't like it looked like I disconnected. It's um, okay. Okay, sorry. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry. Now I lost my train of thought. We were talking about. Um, oh, it's alright. I was saying how um, when students um, meet with you, that makes like their name apparent in your mind. So that way you can refer them to recruiters and employers. And I feel that that benefit extends to networking with alumni. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, I often tell students, so LinkedIn is great for an initial connection to someone and an alumni, but face-to-face -face is always going to make the difference. You um, don't want to rely just on an email, even a phone call. It's definitely a level up from email, but face-to-face is when they're going to probably remember you. Um, a lot of people speak to, for me, I guess just to use me as an example, I speak to students all the time. So if a student comes to me once, I might remember their name that day, next day, but in a week, two, I, I probably wouldn't remember their name. But um, the ones that do come to me frequently, or like I said, are coming to my programs, their name sticks in my mind. Same with um, when you email an alumni and just say, hi, my name is Maureen. I was curious if you could give me some information about marketing. I see you're in the marketing field. Can we set up a meeting? If you end up just dialoguing back and forth on email, that person's going to move on with their day. They may or may not remember you in a month. If you actually go to their place of business and you have a conversation and you start to build a relationship there and maybe you even keep in touch with them, it's kind of becomes like a mentor role in some respects. That's going to stand out to someone and they probably are going to be more inclined to refer you if they know you. Because I know I generally don't like referring people if I don't know them because it's my reputation on the line. So I'm not going to just send a person I don't know to a friend who has a great opportunity and refer them because they're going to trust my judgment of that person. But if I don't know them, they could not really do an ideal job. And that friend might come back to me and say, why did you send this person to me? So 
you have to be careful with referrals. It's good to get to know people because they'll be more comfortable referring you. As someone who refers, you don't want to risk sending somebody that is not going to be a good reflection on your judgment. And speaking of students networking with alumni, what stories can you recall of Stack students successfully networking with Stack's alumni? Mm -hmm. So we have a KPMG University mentor program. We have a relationship with KPMG where our students who choose to participate are matched up with KPMG employees who mentor them. They, it could be anything. They may want just advice on how to get into a certain career field. It may be that a student's looking for them to look at their resume, give them some interview tips, whatever the topic is. They're having dialogues once a month to keep the relationship going, to provide the student with some great advice from a professional. And one particular student that stood out really built the relationship. She was matched to a Stack alumni who works at KPMG and has been wonderful and loyal to our college. And he actually opened a door for her to get an internship at KPMG. It's not the purpose of the mentor program, but through their conversations, he was very impressed with her. I, he must have looked at her resume and he really was excited to help her out. So she ultimately did land an internship and that that was on her own. He kind of opened the door and she did the work and she did awesome in it. And he continued to mentor her and she explained she wanted to do, this internship was in Jersey. She explained that she really wanted to work in New York City for KPMG. So he reached out to someone and connected her with someone in the New York office. And ultimately she got the position of internship there. And they're again, very impressed with her. And she now works at KPMG permanently. So alumni a lot of times will go over, you know, above and beyond to try and help our students. Would you say that that's because they must feel empathy for Stack students because they were Stack students? Yeah, I think that's part of it. And, you know, Mary Duffy, she's on the board. She's the executive director of CNBC. She's an alumni from Stack. She uses the word grit. So she feels like Stack students have grit. And they're not just looking for an internship and expecting well, I'm so wonderful, you're definitely gonna give me that internship. They really, they want it and they will work hard to get it. And when they get the opportunity, they work hard in the opportunity to prove themselves. So I think that reputation has been established and not all employers know Stack, but our alumni understand the Stack student and they, they, a lot of them had grit and still do have grit and have worked really hard to get where they are. And they want to see other Stack students have those opportunities. So, you know, we amongst Stack, the Stack community, I'll say, have really established that reputation of wanting, being motivated enough to work hard when we do get an opportunity and prove ourselves. And then, you know, that's what it's all about because ultimately, each student is setting the path for their career journey. If they work hard, people will recognize that and most likely you will be rewarded in some way. So I think alumni just recognize that in our students.
We know that many internships have shifted from in-person to remote during the coronavirus pandemic. And one thing that I wonder, like I think about this a lot actually, is do you think that this change is going to be here to stay for some internships, that they're going to remain virtual even after the COVID pandemic? For internships, I'm not so sure about that. I think, you know, a lot of people before COVID who were working from home had maybe built that reputation with the employer. I think employers feel more comfortable letting people work from home when you've already established your reputation in the organization. So as an intern, I could see where employers are a little reluctant because they have no experience with this student and they don't know, are they gonna be able to do this from home? Will they have the stamina to only work online? And I think a lot of companies before, or as we moved into COVID, were a little worried about how are we gonna do an internship remotely? But I think they have gotten comfortable with it. I think from what conversations I've had, a lot of them want to have this, the interns back on, you know, in person, but they're, as everybody has, they've pivoted to the remote, but I don't know that they feel it's ideal. So my suspicion is that once this passes by and people are back in the office, the interns will be back in the office. But I do think through this whole coronavirus pandemic, employers have become more comfortable with remote work not just for interns, but for employees. So you may see a shift. Some might find that it's more efficient doing a lot more online. I could see organizations who are flying people all over the United States and the world may now be more comfortable with, let's just do this meeting online and not spend the money flying. It'll, it'll depend also on the economy and where we're at. But um, there will of course be companies my husband always says this, it's much better to have a handshake conversation with someone. It's, it's definitely different. So there will be companies that I think will still, despite the ease of doing online, I think they will shift over to the traveling and get back to that um, despite all the, the ease of this. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I mean, I don't think there's one answer to that question because I think it's going to be company by company, whichever they found to be the easiest. For sure, and like you mentioned, it may not be an entire internship being virtual. It might be that aspects of the internship might become virtual. Yeah, even just meetings. So it may be, and a lot of times companies have different locations. So maybe you know one day they decide they're gonna just have all the interns log in for the day and they'll do a training online or so I do think there may be some permanent differences, but I think ultimately the goal will probably be to have that intern in front of them. So they because when you're interning, it's not just about the work you're doing. People are kind of sizing you up to see what are you doing with your time. So when you're sitting at your desk and you have nothing to do, are you playing video games or are you coming over to my desk and saying, hey, I have nothing going on. Is there something I can help with? That shows that that intern is motivated to go above and beyond and you know wants to help out as much as possible. So when you're in person, it's sometimes easier to observe what the intern is doing and kind of get some understanding of their work ethic. 
And the Office of Career Development has held a variety of events and trips. And one thing that jumps out at me are the real world tours, which I miss so much. And my favorite one was probably going to Good Morning America. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And I, I was quite impressed with you, Catherine, because you had those questions ready for the stage manager who was giving us a tour, which I think really made an impression on him. So, I mean, that's just part of that going above and beyond and standing apart from the pack. But yeah, that was a great trip. I love going to Good Morning America. We've done it every year. Unfortunately, it got canceled last year because of coronavirus, but that definitely is one of my favorites. I, there's a, I mean, there's a bunch of other ones that we've done, including Madison Square Garden. We've gone to Regeneron Pharmaceuticals, Pfizer, ClearBridge Securities, um, all the major publishing. I think we've hit all the major publishing houses. We've kind of rotated over the years just to get a variety. But I mean, we try to do something new as often as we can. So we're always looking for suggestions from people. What programs of the Stack Office of Career Development, and these can be past and these can be ongoing, jump out to you? What programs? I mean, my biggest program was and is the job and internship fair. And that's something that we start working on in the fall semester. It takes place in March every year um, in the spring semester. That is not only a large undertaking, but it's a great way to connect our students with opportunities for both jobs, part-time, full-time, internships, and even summer jobs. It's a, it takes place in our gymnasium. The students come dressed very professionally. They hand out their resumes. That fair is a great opportunity for students to make that next move in their career and very easily because it's right on campus. And that's like the biggest one. And the Real World Tours is one of my favorites. And the Stack Office of Career Development is providing so many ongoing programs as well. And especially, I feel like um, the programming has had, had to have been modified because of the COVID-19 pandemic. But nonetheless, you still continue to um, offer these amazing programs. Would you be willing to like say what those programs are? Yeah, sure. So yeah, I do run um, several different programs each semester. So this fall, yes, it was, it was definitely different and I was a little concerned with how it was gonna play out doing these virtually, whether students were gonna show up or it was gonna be that Zoom fatigue and nobody wants to go on another meeting because they're doing all their classes online. But actually, we've had some good turnouts for our programs. We've done, we bring, we partner with the Society for Human Resource Management, SHRM, and they do one-on-one -on -one interviews with our students. It's a great chance for students to understand what it, it's like to be in an interview, how to answer the questions, they get feedback from these people who do this for a living. So that we did that program in the fall virtually. We brought an employer, Orange and Rocklin, in and they ran an interview workshop for us. Again, I just love to get the students in front of recruiters or any kind of new connection. So we had that program. Uh, we also did an accounting mock interview and forum for it's 
there's a focus on the accounting piece and we do want all the accounting majors there, but it's open to all majors because really most interviews, there's a lot of overlap in the types of questions you can expect and they receive feedback. So that actually we had a stack student be interviewed on camera and then the panel gave feedback. And then we, they also talked about the different areas of accounting. So we brought in a bunch of alumni who one of them working in the FBI doing audit, some from the big four accounting firms. We brought in a variety of alumni who are working in different accounting roles for students to understand just what you can do with an accounting major. It's not just taxes. We did dining etiquette, which ended up being a, a great event. Normally we do that sitting in a dining room and we get a four course meal and students hear about a lot of the logistics of that as well as if you interview at a lunch date or dinner date with an employer, I guess I shouldn't use the word date, but if you have an interview with an employer over a meal, how do you conduct yourself? Can you order a glass of wine if you're 21? Can you order the most expensive thing on the menu? How does that all work? So we were able to really zone in on that piece of it for our virtual event. So it was different with no meal, but it still gave a lot of what or met what my goal was for that program, which is to really focus on how to conduct yourself professionally when you're out with an employer. I'm trying to think of what some of the, so we did an entrepreneur panel for students who were interested in starting their own business. We just did a graduate school information session for any students who are thinking about going on to graduate school. We introduced them to our graduate programs at Stack. There's actually discount for Stack students if they continue on in our master's program. And I'm trying to think of what some of the other ones were. Do you, can you think of any that I'm missing? I know you continue to provide um, resume workshops. Yes, I did resume workshops. Oh, and I actually did a real world tour too, Madison Square Garden. We did, um, you know, normally we bring the students down on a bus or van to the employer site, but we did it virtually and we had a great turnout. We collaborated with the sports management club on that. So that was another great event. Um, we really were just testing the waters. Normally I do at least two of those, but this year I just wasn't sure with all this virtual these virtual programs, whether or not it would work. And it was great. So we'll probably do a couple more of those in the spring if we're still virtual. Otherwise we will be going out. We're already talking to some organizations. We were supposed to go to the Met Stadium in the spring, but that got canceled. So we are gonna look into maybe doing that again. Um, we're talking with the New Jersey Red Bulls, but I'm not sure whether we'll do that. We'll probably consider one of the publishing houses, maybe Good Morning America again. So I'm hoping to get back on track in the spring and uh, get some good tours going. What is the impact that these past programs and ongoing programs have had and continue to have on SAC students? So I think, you know, there are so many different um, programs, but I'll give you an example. We had the one-on-one the -on -one mock interview program earlier in the semester. And one of the recruiters was very impressed with the candidates that he mock interviewed, that he reached out to me and said, what's the protocol? If I wanna help these kids get internships, is that okay? Which of course I said, yes, absolutely. You can work with the students. So 
he's been working with our students on getting an internship. Um, that's, again, not the goal of the program, but as I say, 70 to 80% of job leads come through your network. So those students who were smart enough to take advantage of this got a lead. And that's happened before on this one-on-one -on -one mock interview. Um, another student who went on one of the publishing house trips years ago, she now works for one of the major publishing houses and she's doing awesome. She started a, an online program that's aired um, where she talks about different books. And I mean, it's just amazing what some of these students go on to do. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like some of what we do here in just plugging our students into connections leads to opportunities. When it comes to preparing for an interview, I know now interviews may be in person, interviews may be virtual. What advice is often overlooked or unknown about going into an interview and handling the interview and even after the interview? Mm -hmm. Good question. So one, again, whenever I talk to recruiters, I ask them as much as I can to get their take on things. And some of the feedback they've given to me is uh, students go in oftentimes unprepared for the question of what's, why are you interested in my organization? And so when I'm talking to students about getting ready for an interview, the first thing I always say is research the organization. Not only do you, for your own knowledge, want to understand what that organization is about, what's their product or their service, are they ranked as a top employer? These are all great things to know before you go in. But ultimately, an employer just wants to know that you did your homework, that you know something about their organization, that you didn't just randomly send your resume in for the opportunity and you have no idea what they're about. So, you know, recruiters have said to me, if a student doesn't have an answer for that, if they don't understand anything about our organization, it's not clear that they've done some research, that may be what rules them out right off the bat. Another question that they've told me, which probably sounds funny, but there have been students when they say, tell me what you know about the position, they don't know. And I think that's because a lot of students send out maybe hundreds of resumes for opportunities, just hoping something will hit, but they don't track what they're applying to. And then when they get called back, they're kind of, well, I've had students come to me and say, I don't know, I got this call from an employer. I don't even remember applying, but I'm going to go in for the interview. And you know, the, the risk there is they are going to be expected to understand the position that they applied for. So my advice always to students is track the companies that you're applying to. I would even track the dates you applied and what the position is. Maybe even put a link on a spreadsheet to the position so that if you get a call from that employer, you could click in and review what the position is about. How can students communicate and stay up to date with information from the Office of Career Development? So, Students often email me directly, and that's great. I, you know, back and forth with them. I do a lot of counseling via email, so a student might say, could you just take a look at my resume and give me some feedback? A lot of students often email asking to set up an appointment, so we set up an appointment and I'll meet with them virtually. And honestly, I found it very helpful when you talk about changing things. I don't know that I'll continue doing it virtually once we're back in person, but I've been loving it because I can pull a student's resume up on my screen and share it with them. 
and we just talk it through. It's just a very easy way for us to be on the same page and be discussing and looking at the same thing. So, and I can even just quickly demonstrate for the, them things on my computer. I can show them how to get in Spartan jobs, all things I did in my office, but there's something nice about being able to just pull it up on that screen and everybody's seeing it the same way. It just, it's, I've found it very easy and natural to get into the virtual interviews with the students. I find that Google Meet and Zoom are like so much more personal than email. And that's like at least one positive aspect right now is that like at least through Google Meet and through Zoom, you can see people's faces. And that's actually really cool that like you can scroll through a student's resume and like actually go like section by section and see like what's there. Yeah, and it's nice, you know, I do do critiques online. I know a lot of students are really busy, so they don't necessarily have time to meet with me. But there's definitely, it's definitely a better experience, I think, when I can have a conversation with the student. So, you know, first thing I want to know is what's your goal with this resume? Because I will look at it through those eyes. So if you tell me you're looking for a marketing internship, my, I'm going to be looking at your resume to see is there anything here that ties into the world of marketing? And if not, I'm going to have a conversation with you about have you done something? Let's brainstorm. Maybe you did a great project in a class in your marketing class that you're particularly proud of and you accomplished some things that maybe we need to get that on your resume. So it definitely a conversation is going to be much more effective when you're working on your resume. But again, I understand we've got students who are athletes or they're working on top of being a student and they just don't have a lot of time to meet. So, um, you know, one thing I forgot to say too, with the communication, uh, we do, as you know, because you're my social media guru, um, we do also communicate quite a bit with our students and our alumni through our social media. So definitely for anybody out there who's not following us on social media, you should. Catherine's posting great articles um, on things like interviewing, resume writing. She's um, publicizing all our our events that are coming up and even jobs when we on Twitter we tweet out some of the stuff that we get on Spartan jobs just to make you aware of some of the good opportunities so there's a lot on our social media I want to add to that <laughs> we also yep. have a blog and it's stackcareerdevelopment.wordpress.com and it's a great resource there's a lot of there's a lot of advice there's a lot of my Spartan success stories so check yeah. it out. Yeah, this, and the My Spartan Success Stories are awesome because those reflect our alumni and students in their success role. So whether they successfully did an internship and you can hear all about how they got that internship, what did they do in that internship, maybe what that internship led to. And same with the alumni, you know, how did you get this awesome job that you got into? Did you have an internship that led into this? or? So it's really great. I would encourage anybody to read these stories because you'll get some great tips and it might give you some ideas of how you can strategize to get to where you want with your career. Ms. Mulhern, thank you so much for joining me today. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. It was really fun. No, it's always great to talk to you and thank you to everyone who tuned in. Yep, thank you.